Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Good morning and welcome. It is a pleasure to be with you. I hope that you and your families have been happy, safe, and abundant and enjoying the season. It has been a full one, and we are embarking upon a brand new year where there can be new vision, new adventure, new openings of the heart and mind in all types of directions. This particular show is bittersweet because uh, this will be my last show my last live show on uh, 1111 Talk Radio on Voice America, and it has been an incredible run since 2009. It has been an spectacular experience working with the Voice America team, who are incredible, and interviewing so many powerful individuals as guests for their books, for their work, and simply to share with you all of the tools and techniques and tips of things that you can use to to grow and to change and to expand. The archives will remain up, and they are a full library of personal growth and development. And from time to time, I may add an uh, archive into the future of a recording if something feels like it calls to me. Change is something that occurs, and we have to follow those impulses, even when we don't know where they lead. It is part of the work that I've been doing over the last seven to ten years of shedding different skins that I wear, the different identities. And today I have a really beautiful honor of having my dear friend and the guest, Deborah Beauvais, who is the founder of Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. I'm especially grateful to her for her friendship and also for syndicating 1111 Talk Radio on her network as well, to spread the messages and the love that I have been here to share. Deborah Beauvais is the founder and owner of Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, a global, holistic, Boston-based syndicated internet radio station that was created in 2007. She had a vision to consciously serve humanity. Deborah is an intuitive an intuitive, a healer, a facilitator of light as a reconnective healing and the reconnection practitioner. In 2013, Deborah created the Kids for Love Project, an enrichment program rooted in self-love, teaching kids to unify through good deeds with attention to endangered animals and the planet health awareness. In 2018, the Kids for Love children's song was produced along with Deborah's first children's book, The Paper Doll Kids, which is available in hardcover and ebook through Amazon and booksellers worldwide. I hope that you will check out all of the beautiful things that she creates by going to dreamvision7radio.com. There is a wealth of beauty there, and the heart within this beautiful soul continues to serve in the most powerful way. So welcome, Deborah, to 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you so much for engaging in this conversation about my upcoming book, Knowing the Seven Human Expressions of Grace, which is the third in the self-realization series. So thank you for being here, and thank you for adding your voice, your heart, your soul, and your gifts to this conversation. Thank you, Simran, and I'm honored to be here 
to to really showcase and help people understand that they need to have these books. So I'm the honored one. Thank you for inviting me on this special ending of your radio career. It's it's an ending yet it's a beginning. You know, it's it's yes. been something that that I've participated in for so long and it has grown me in the process. And the series Living Being and Knowing is is part of this culmination that has uh, really been a lifetime in in the works, but very uh, laser focused within the last seven years, and it has brought me to this very interesting place of seeing the world in a completely different way than perhaps most see it, and that's what I've tried to put into these books so that individuals understand how to navigate the challenges that our world is facing and is going to face and how to, to remain devoted to what their soul really came for. It's so easy to get caught up in what our identity wants, but our soul truly birthed us on this planet in our incarnations for a particular purpose. And to tap into that and awaken that, I think, is the ultimate service that we can give our world. Absolutely. And for the listeners, I'd like to mention that um, I think it's so important to have all, and I'm not just saying this, I really feel it, that everyone should have all three books because there's so, there's a vast amount of information um, that you'll read and certain areas will call upon you and it will all be on how you feel. You'll be tuning into different parts of each book um, as you go on in life. Uh, so I can't say enough about how important these books are. Um, they have their own energetic force. And so I would really like everyone to take a look at them and give them as gifts as well because they're for, I feel, Therefore, society, therefore, um, the universe, therefore, each of us to all come together in unity. Is that you know, one of the questions I had for you, Simran, was when you were writing these books, um, was it your intention to be to have them actually be a part of society's growth and evolution and moving forward to a more unified um, society. They were written in a very present way. Uh, the main thing I wanted individuals to understand was our multidimensional nature. And I could see the big picture of these texts, and I'll call them sacred texts because they're not my story. They are the story of the soul, they are the instruction manual that the soul would have given us had we been born with a set of instructions. And I do believe that they will serve our planetary healing. If we are to know ourselves this well and to really uncover our creative capacity and the power we have to manifest on the different levels that are portrayed within each of the books, then all of a sudden the manifestations that we see in the world can really be of a higher vibration than some of the things that we're bumping up against that are so painful and challenging to not only look at, but to feel and experience within ourselves. And so 
I believe it was my soul's intention. I believe that it was a higher source's intention to come through me in this way. And I was really present simply with the task that I couldn't at the time quite comprehend the magnitude of what would come out of me until literally I actually held the physical copies in my hand and started going back through them myself. And now I truly realize the magnitude that they carry. Yes. Well said. Uh, it is something that... What? Well, you talk about feeling, and I feel as though, um, you know, we are here on Earth to experience all these different things, uh, good, bad, or indifferent, so we can grow our souls. And these manuals actually play a part in all of that. And um, and I think that it's all about learning how to feel, because in the light, we're all love, and we're not actually feeling anything else but love. Uh, and um, so I think that the feeling piece is so strong, and you, and you speak to that uh, many times, and that's why I mentioned when people do read it, they'll gravitate to certain chapters or even certain pages because for the listener out there, um, you can take just one page and one verse, uh, there's little vignettes to to little poem-like verses, and you can just take that page and and let it marinate, let it it sit with you to see how you feel about it. Um, And that's what I, I enjoy is you put it there so that people can can just really feel it as to where they are in their life at that time. Um, They're written in a way that you can go through the many different types of of ways. And we live in such a busy, fast-moving society. I think they're also written in a manner to slow everyone down, to bring them more present. Uh, The books will do that on their own just by the way that they are written each of the books are a multidimensional aspect of a human being. And so living is that identity self, that personality self, and and that part of us that really is, for the most part, unconscious all of the time, trying to figure life out and trying to get through day to day without being really present. And being is that undercurrent. It is the shadowlands, the animal, the monster, the parts of us that we don't even realize are continually active and participating in our reality creation because they are so deep down in our cellular structure. And the final book, Knowing, is our humanity. It is the gateway and the doorway to our divinity. And we believe that we have humanity. But if we were to look at the world, if we were to look at our lack of presence, we would realize that most of us are missing a great part of our humanity. And so this is to bring people back into that sensorial, very feeling, very visceral part of themselves so that they do understand what true humanity is. And it's from that place that the divine births, that the divine is able to truly express our light and our love in our fullest capacity. Uh, the, The book Living also represents the masculine side of us on our lower, middle, and highest aspect. The book Being represents the child in us at the lowest, darkest, medium, and highest 
godlike aspect of us. And the book Knowing represents our feminine, from our shadow feminine that's very depraved to our mediocre feminine to the highest, most Siddic goddess aspect of our feminine selves. And so combined, they create communion, they create union, and they create the integration that is required at this time. And then share a bit about the being and how that all connects. Being is here, and I, to me it is probably the most important, important book of the series because it is the part of us that is most unconscious. And right now if we look at the world, we look at the struggles and the pains, so often people ask why. Why are these things happening? Or why did this happen to me? Or what can I do to save the world or, or serve in some bigger way? But what we're unconscious to is that we have these various levels of being that we've not listened to within. And it is those aspects that are active, that are creating. And so this isn't the type of being where you are simply engaging in acts of sitting still or uh, taking bubble baths or getting massages, this level of being is understanding that in every moment, how am I being? Am I approaching this moment from the lowest aspect of myself where there is an unconscious impulse to, to, to take, to have hunger, to, to pull something from someone, to create hierarchy, to create angst and war, to... Uh, initiate the greed that is within me, or am I coming from a higher place? And it's so subtle, Deborah. The way that we do these things is so, so subtle that when we start to really do this level of inner work, then even those that are light workers start to see these aspects of themselves. And that's where the light workers' light can really shine brighter. When we're willing to go to this depth and not get caught in our own identity of who we think we've become, but realize that it is within the darkness that our truest light will finally shine. Mm. Beautifully said. When you, you know, when you speak of really knowing what's inside in your true self, um, I believe, and I do believe you feel the same way, and I would love you to address that, is even those of us that are light workers and everyone, there's darkness inside, there's monster, like you mentioned, and a lot of people, including myself, you go through a spurt where you're questioning, well, what am I holding that is dark or, you know, what, but all those thoughts come through you, but then you realize it's natural. We are all of that. And so in that realm of thinking, do you agree that if we work on that and eliminate that or rise up the light energy, that there will be no more wars? There will be peace. But even the highest light worker needs to go within and search that out and let it go. I believe that that's why these books were written in this way and slow people down. We all have to go here. And in truth, this is an act of radical self-love. 
for us to be willing to see these aspects of us. And I don't think we're here to get rid of them. I don't know that we can. I think that they are part of our wholeness. If we look at the symbol, the yin-yang symbol, we see that darkness and light both exist. And within the light is a speck of dark. And within the dark is a speck of light. That is the wholeness that we must come to. So when we look at being and we we see the animal or the shadow or the monster or even the demonic self, it is about getting to a place of such pure, unconditional love that we embrace these aspects of ourselves to such a degree that whatever they're carrying begins to dissolve and alchemize within us rather than becoming reactive or rather than pushing it down so that the world has to express it for us. All of a sudden, we are present with it. We feel it. We experience it. We understand it. We speak to it. And we allow it to dissolve and become reabsorbed back into ourselves. This is actually what increases our frequency. It's what heightens our vibration or creates a greater luminosity from our bodies is the full embrace of who we are, the presence to who we are. And so in the end, it really is all about love. It is truly understanding what self-love is to the nth degree. Right. Self-love is everything. And I think it's an ongoing, in the world that we live, I believe it's an ongoing um, lesson for, or, or I don't want to say work, um, maybe it's a work lesson, <laughs> I don't know, but it's something that we are aware of, and I'm glad that you brought up love, because we all yearn for love. We know love from a higher place, but here on earth, we all yearn for it. You know, I know that I've yearned for it from my daughters, you know, the... the um, the second husband of some people may be yearning to take the first husband's place and be the father to those kids. Um, there's so many, you know, the divorced person wants to be who the other person was. Um, so there's, and it's all based in they want to be loved, they want to be seen, they want to be heard, but they're looking and searching to fill up that love. And And when you get to a place of really self-love, there are times that you're in an environment that may may bring you to be needy for love. How would you, what would you say to that, Simran? I, I so agree with everything that you've said, Deborah. I think that our ultimate purpose is the same for every individual, and that really is self-love. I think that is the one true purpose that we've all come for. And I think that the reason that self-love is such a predominant purpose for every individual is because in this day and time, we're not simply learning to love ourselves based on all of the conditioning or the wounding or the experiences that we've had in this lifetime. We are each here as transmuters of energy from the generations before us, from our ancestors, from all that has been built up throughout time. There's a backlog of unlove. There's a backlog of disharmony and discord. And it is 
coming through us in a way that if we simply will uh, understand that the love we seek is for us to give ourselves and standing in that level of alignment, that level of inner authority and and confidence in our own creative capacity in radically taking the steps to take care of every level of being, including the pillars with which we're made, which are physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, then all of a sudden that self-love creates independent human beings that are fully capable to give themselves everything they require. So then when they meet another fully capable human being that gives themselves everything that they need, we're finally creating the frequency of love on this planet that obliterates anything that is unlike love. And that's why knowing the third book is so important because it goes through the very visceral things that we carry within us that have gone unnoticed. And those visceral things show up not as thoughts, not even as emotions. They show up as the little twinges of pain in our body, as the disease that affects our tissues, as uh, the, the pinpricks or the headaches or the slight discomfort that you all of a sudden feel in one knee or across your lower back. It is all those things that occur that are actually the visceral types of things like memory or visceral weight or the, the resentment, the regret, the repression, all of those things that we've been carried that we're so unconscious to. And radical self-love in this way by very gently and slowly letting these little bits and pieces marinate, taking a little piece out of each book every day and allowing it to feed you will bring you to the awareness of these different aspects. Right. It's so important to have the heart opened um, during, during these times and going forward because if your heart is closed, you're not, you're not in, inside of you feeling what is going on and acknowledging, as you have said, you know, all of you, um, maybe not letting it go as you have shared just being... Um, just having that knowing that you know all the pieces of you. Uh, and, and then when you're in that space, you're able to be more at peace with, with every, everything around you. Um, yeah, I'm just taking in all that you, even when you speak, you want to take time to just sit with it. Um, but one of the, one of the things that um, you talk about in all of the books, there are grids and layers. What does that mean to you? As I was moving through my own experience, and and this truly has been a very multi level, multi dimensional experience for me. What I discovered was that I was encountering the different multidimensional aspects within myself. And as I did so, I was also encountering the places of resistance or discord or uh, challenge, whether that was in the external life or the internal, because I began to see the correlations. And so uh, the books can actually be read across one another 
at the same time. And that's how they're most powerful. So if you're reading, you know, the second blessing in living and you go to the second illusion in being and then find the correlating second grace in knowing, you see this whole pathway that has been created that helps you understand yourself better. And so within each book, there are the full grids that not only help you see your vertical self in terms of, let's say, how you create chaos and all the steps to help alleviate that chaos, but you also see the horizontal grid in terms of what the illusions then were for that chaos to actually manifest into your life, what the grace is that needs to be enacted to help to uh, eliminate that, to help to open your heart to bring you to greater humanity and bring you closer to that place of communion with the divine. And so these grids can be looked at and meditated on, and you will find many insights come up just in looking at that. But then if you use the support written material, it will help you to go uh, even deeper and deeper in regard to uh, all of these different seven sections that you will find within the book. Uh, particularly in the book Knowing, when I got to that place within each of my own experiences and started to realize the things like complexity and attachment and resistance and ego's fight that I talk about in the book Knowing, then all of a sudden it started to show me this almost backward periphery of how I created all these echoes from a single point. And it's not Mm -hmm. necessary for us to go back and have to dig through every single story. But when those moments come that you can actually see the beginning point and the threading that has come all the way to the current moment, that is the unwinding of the wounding. And that's where we start to free ourselves from the imprisonment and the oppression that we have created on our own. Right. Right, and the thread is so important to be able to see that. If you, when you sit and really look at your life, you can see the common thread, um, even within families. And because of epigenetics, you know, we can be repeating. You know, another it could be our mom. It could be, you know, uh, another generation within our within our. Um, tribe, uh, all of that plays into that one life. And I think when, you, when you're able to see all the different pieces of it, again, it brings you peace. Um, and that's what we, I think all of us, other than love, self-love, love others, um, as we love ourselves, see the God within everyone, even when a person may be difficult. Um, and, and and just bring yourself to a clarity of, gee, this is why this has all been happening, or this is why this is being presented to me. And that's another thing, is a choice. We don't, when something is presented, we don't have to act on it or react on it or whatever. We don't have to at that moment, only when we're ready. I've been in a position where I'm like, gee, I'm just not ready for another another layer to to deal you know, to 
work through. And then when I'm ready, I'm like, okay, God, give it to me. <laughs> Isn't and that the truth? I mean, it's so organic. And then so the comes and yes. all of that. It's, it's fascinating how it all works. Do you find that to be true for you? It is. It's, it's very organic. Uh, but I found that it occurred in a more powerful awareness when I really let myself stop. And I think that yes. that's one thing that most people are afraid of doing. They're afraid mm. of of stopping long enough, pausing long enough, because that's when we start to feel some of the emotions that we didn't want to acknowledge before. That's when we start to feel some of the sensations in our body that we didn't realize were there. That's mm-hmm. when the pains and aches start to come that all of a sudden our mind wants to take off and go figure out what it's about the more I did this work, part of what began to take place and why the third book, Knowing, is about humanity is I began to experience emotions spontaneously. Uh, there would be times where all of a sudden I just started crying and I had no reason that mm-hmm. I could see to cry. And I know that everyone experiences this, but what we tend to do is we want our mind to make up what the reason is, rather than just being with the tears in the moment that they're coming. Because sometimes those tears are not even ours. They're from a past generation, or they're from deep within our body that has no explanation, but they're just requiring our presence. And so as we begin to shed, and I know so many people especially through the pandemic, their lives have changed to where they may have changed cities, they may have changed partners, they may have changed jobs. They would have started a process of simplifying life, simplifying the complexity, which is the first grace. It is the grace of simplicity in the third book. And once we start to move into this ladder of experiences that we talked about in the grid, This framework is the same for all of us. I have witnessed myself and others going through this work, and they experience every level in the exact same way. And that's what creates our greater light and our greater humanity and a greater way that we can serve the world, because then our true creativity starts to birth. But we have to allow the spaces of the unknown where we really cannot see ahead of us, that we are living in that moment-by-moment organic way. That's the Mm. true nature of spirit. Right. And quieting the, the mind so that when you're in that crying session or when something bubbles up, that, and I know you use this term, um, I read in the book and I do it all the time, that I, I need to ponder, I need to ponder this and see what is there for me or how I feel about this, what it's about. And um, I think if you make a practice um, of it at the end of the day to just ponder, or when you're in something, obviously, you're pondering at that time. Um, But do you feel that's important? Well, you're really talking about that anyway, Simran, is... um, is being in the in the spot at the time of um, when you are crying. Do you think that um, one can deeply awaken 
without going to the um, dark night of the soul or being on your knees. Um, do you think people can awaken just by um, experience without getting to the deeper part of what we're speaking of? I, I do not have that experience personally. I have heard of others say they have that experience, and I've also witnessed others mentally convince themselves of that experience when mm-hmm. it was a manner of escape. So I, I don't know that I have the full answer for that. What I do know is my own experiences of the dark night or any pain that I have had it's only because of my own attachment. And I think the more we're attached to our identity or the more we're attached to someone or something, the stronger the feeling of fear and pain is going to exist. So those dark nights of the soul are not terrible things. They're simply showing us where we're so attached. They are, in a sense, a cracking open so that we can expand beyond who we are. And those, those attachments come because we are so hooked on an identity. The, the book three is on knowing really is about that release. It is the second grace is the grace of detachment. And it doesn't mean that we don't feel the heartbreak of certain things, but all of a sudden we're at a place where we can see it from a neutral place and allow our feelings, but then not allow the interference. Uh, We were talking about the crying earlier. And as you go through the book, knowing there are three different types of crying that take place. There's the flood that comes, which is during the, the attachment detachment phase. And that is the pain that you're talking about. That is the uh, attachment to something that lets us feel like it'll never end or we've lost something. And we have to go through that because that sacred water is washing us clean of what we've held on to and what's holding on to us. And so it's necessary at times to go through that. And then there's a later type of crying, which I call the rain. It's it's true love's kiss of the rain. And that rain is a soft sprinkling It's all of a sudden the part towards the end of the journey where we have come to the grace of self-realization, where anytime those tears are shed, they are the tears of joy or the tears of realization or the tears of complete acceptance of our purity and our beauty and our wholeness. And so if we can move through our experiences, not judging, but simply experiencing and expressing, then all of a sudden we organically loosen the debris that's within us and we open more and more to the greater light bodies uh, and the transition of light bodies that I talk about in the third book. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I believe that when you're in that deep darkness, um, and I've, I've experienced that more than once, you're in a place where you're such you're you're surrendering everything that you are that you know that you could be your life you're surrendering it all and and you're ready to expire you're ready to transition on the other side um, and that that's where 
you are in that space with complete surrender and whatever's to be is to be. You're not controlling anything. You're not hoping for anything. You're just experiencing that. And it's, it's quite, um, it's quite powerful. And, um, I think you speak of it, but maybe we're, we're speaking of the same thing, but maybe with a little bit of a twist. Um, yes, we are very much so. And, and this is a perfect place to show how these three books come together because you're talking about darkness, which is the seventh, which is the sixth blessing in the book living and darkness is where we feel that pain. That is that dark night of the soul. And within the book being, the second book, it has everything to do with the illusion of identity and all of our masked obsessions that we carry. And once we begin to realize this is this illusion of identity that is trying to crack apart, we come to the third book, Knowing, which starts us off in that recognition of the ego's fight. The ego wants to hang on. It wants to hold tight Bec- mm-hmm. and, and in a way, it's from the love of something, but yet that mm-hmm. love doesn't serve us anymore. So that brings forth the grace of rebirth that you just spoke of, going to the other side. So there's a death that has to take place, an yeah. ego death that has to take place for that rebirth to happen. And so often in that rebirth is something new. We talked about earlier the beautiful work you do on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network and how you you birthed the Kids for Love project, and then you, you birthed the Paper Doll Kids. And I would venture to guess that all of these birthings of these incredible things that you put out into the world, they've all come after an ego's death and a rebirth. Mm-hmm. It is something of light that then just blossoms from all of the ash that remains. Right, right. Yeah. And... The word curious comes to me. Um, I think that's so key to everyday living and experiences that, um, you know, that we, that we have that we just don't say, okay, well, that happened, but curious as to all the, all the layers that come with it, you know, what, what the deep meaning is. I think everyone should stay curious and, and that can bring a lot of healing as well. Um, I'll add to that, Deborah, in terms of uh, curiosity is such a perfect word. And I I think along with that curiosity that, you know, the word inquiry and the word ponder and the word contemplation, it's it's like that whole basket of goodness is so important. And part of my hope is that when individuals engage in these books, you know, do not read quickly. Let each nugget be something that you're curious about, that you inquire, that you ponder, that you contemplate, so that your wisdom, your awakenings can bubble up from the soles of your feet all the way through your body and just burst through your mind so that you break open any limitation that is holding you back, so that you expand the heart beyond a capacity that's ever been able to love before. Those are the gifts of curiosity, inquiry, pondering, and contemplation. Mm. Well said. Could you share in the Knowing book 
um, the distinction between forgiving and forgiving? Yes, in each of the seven graces, I have um, a, a poetic piece that I've written. And we've been taught that we have to forgive things. And in truth, there's nothing to forgive. But the mind needs to recognize something and at least be able to let it go. So forgiving all one word is for letting go of something, for dissolving it and reabsorbing it back into ourselves a form of alchemy, it takes place. And then I break the word forgiving up into two words, forgiving. And so I'll share one of the poems right now, um, forgiving complexity, forgiving simplicity. I forgive life for feeling hard. I forgive this earthly dimension for being complicated. I forgive time and red tape. I forgive the continual hoops I have to jump through. I forgive myself for creating a complex world. I am forgiving simplicity. I am forgiving ease. I am forgiving an experience clear of obstacles and negativity. I am forgiving high vibe creative expression. I am forgiving attention to mastery. I give presence to the simple things in life. I give way to what feels easy. I give in to the unknown. I give essence. I give to my human self the grace of simplicity. I alchemize mind with the aura of the master. I alchemize beliefs with the fragrance of beauty. I alchemize thinking with the flavor of gentleness. I alchemize doubt with the melody of movement. I alchemize confusion with the essence of clarity. I am one with divine presence. I transform and transmute complexity through the grace of simplicity. I open to the absorption of all visceral memory and residual rage. May divine alchemy smolder through my mind and dissolve the slothful self. May I adorn the raven's wings so to bridge the illusion of the mental plane with the reality of divine mind. I fly with faith toward a heavenly embodiment. I am forgiving the raven's gifts of prophecy and insight, metamorphosis and transformation, shape-shifting and clarity. May these gifts of knowing be granted by divine grace. I am the mastery of God. I am the beauty of God. I am the gentleness of God. I am the sacred movement of God. I am the conduit of God. I am the clarity of God. I am. You know what, Simran? And that is beautiful. I just have to share. Um, I had chosen different pages from each book. And the one for knowing was forgiving complexity, forgiving simplicity. And that's the <laughs> one you chose to read. <laughs> oh, how, how synchronistic. Isn't it beautiful? <laughs> so... Mm, that's well I think that that's where we are in the world right now for all of us to understand that this world that we live in as complex and as hard as it is we've all played a part in creating it and we can all play a part in helping it to dissolve and transform into something better than we ever imagined it to be 
But we have mm. to first hold that. We have to hold that heartbreak of seeing what we've created, of knowing that we had the power, the minds, the levels of being that would actually contribute to such a thing. And yet understanding that at the core of each of us is that grace of God that has mm-hmm. us realize it enough to now make the change. As you said earlier in the show, we all have the choices and the timing comes when the timing comes to have the awareness to do the work. Right. Right. Powerful. Yes. So what is, what is next, do you feel, for society with this new year coming? What are you feeling? I believe that we're each being called deeper. And I do think that there will be experiences that are going to be more challenging ahead in the future. But I also believe that we have the capacity for greater mastery in facing those challenges. The only reason those things are coming up is because the energies that have been repressed are coming to such a head that they'll either force us into doing the work or we can willingly begin to be more and more present with ourselves. And we have that choice. Our main mission at this time is to find a way to really deeply love ourselves and others and come to a place of neutrality around everything that we see and experience. That is the greatest offering of love that we can give at this time. Right. Right. Well said. My hope for, or what I'm feeling, hope and feeling, (laughs) um, for 2023 or the next step for this new year is that for for some reason... uh, I'm feeling this and from a deeper perspective, and it just has uh, come to me in the last few days uh, where we're always talking about going out to nature and and being with nature and being part of it, taking walks and all of that, because we're all part of nature. We're all part of the you know the system, the ecosystem. We're all one, um, but for some reason, I'm thinking and feeling that as we move to this new year, everyone, those that are not awakened or not even thinking in that direction, they're still part of the mainstream on Earth. That they will go outside and they will see something. They will watch something grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will feel, they will feel that they are connected and their heart will open and they will be on their way to find their way, if, if, if that makes sense. And, and if they're not able to be outside because it's too cold, go out for five minutes, buy plants, watch them grow. We, we, at that, if more people do this, then more people will awaken and go in to do the deeper healing. And then everything that we are concerned about will turn around step by step. And that's what I've been feeling 
for for what it's worth, I don't know. It's just what's on my heart. That's beautifully shared, Deborah. I I, I believe every word that you've said, and it's such a, a a beautiful and enlightened thought to express. And it's so simple for everyone mm-hmm. to do. And that's the truth. All of the the hardest things that we have to deal with, they can really be solved with the simplest of actions, such as mm-hmm. going out in nature and watching something grow. When we are able to see that, as you so beautifully and eloquently shared, then all of a sudden we begin to see ourselves because we mm-hmm. are that very nature. We are that very light and life that moves through everything. It's just we've gotten so caught up in our human will, in our ability to force and push against, that we've forgotten that there is a stronger power that is actually moving everything. I have a, a place in being that I'll share right now that kind of speaks to, to this very thing. May hope be replaced with trust. May insecurities transform into confidence. Let attachments dissolve as the deep intimacy of detachment surrounds. May authenticity prevail in the face of all that is fabricated. Let innocence break through the hardened hearts. Let love rule the mind and commitment guide each soul. Let devotion steer your movements and gentleness resound with each footstep. May hearts be open. May hands be empty. May minds be inviting and accepting for a world to trustingly fall into. Sweet dreams, so to create the sweetest of dreams. And that only comes when we're willing to pause and be with the very mother that created us all. And that would be Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. Well, we're on the same wave. And that's what occurs when people are in resonance with each other. Those Mm -hmm. waves, they they come together in in that beautiful fashion where everything is so synchronistic. Right. And that's what feeds the, you know, this energy that we've um, experienced in this hour is what is feeding the collective consciousness because we're, and this is how I see things Becoming more love is is questioning what each person, including myself, as we go along, question, what am I feeding right now? What am I feeding the collective? And then you can shift if you're not in the place of feeding with love and um, understanding and all of that. Uh, Yeah, it's... It's pretty something, isn't it, life here? It's pretty fantastic. And I just want to thank you again, Deborah, for being in conversation with me. It is such an honor to share this time and this show with you. I want everyone to uh, definitely check out all of Deborah's work. Look up the Kids for Love Project, uh, this program that is rooted in self-love teachings that unify through good deeds, and uh, order a copy of the Paper Doll Kids give a gift to a child um, that is available anywhere books are sold. You can go to dreamvision7radio.com and check out all that Deborah Beauvais, founder and owner of Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, has. It is a holistic 
Boston-based syndicated internet radio station. And she is an intuitive healer and facilitator of light and reconnective healing and the reconnection. Deborah, is there anything else that you want to share about yourself, your work, or anything that you have coming up as we move into 2023? The only thing on my heart right now is for everyone to buy your three books and as gifts, because imagine the collective consciousness expanding with every person that chooses to read your books. Um, That's what's on my heart, Simran, and it's been an honor to spend this time with you together in this beautiful energy. Oh, thank you so much, Deborah. I invite you to pick up your copy of all three books, Knowing is a Return to Heart-Based Soulful Intimacy. An unknown you has treasures in escrow locked within your range of humanity. Your sole purpose is to reweave this human experience into the embodiment and humble power of a God on legs. Use these resources for deconditioning and allowing your divine courtship to unfold. More than a book, Knowing the Seven Human Expressions of Grace is a guide who will breathe with you, cry with you, and stand beneath you while showing you how to receive seven human graces. She is a multi-sensory experience of self. These seven human graces open the way for divine knowing. You are not just a rainbow in the dark. You are the illuminating golden essence that is the field of belonging. While you pick up the book Knowing the Seven Human Expressions of Grace, which releases in February. Also order your copies of the first two books, Living the Seven Blessings of Human Experience and Being the Seven Illusions that Derail Personal Power, Purpose, and Peace. The three can be read simultaneously uh, by going through the correlating seven blessings, seven illusions, and seven graces, or you can open them at random as oracles and engage in the message that has come to you for the day. The most important thing is to read them very slowly. Let each book find its way into you and read a paragraph, maybe two, at most a page a day, and allow those words to help you know yourself in a greater way. Wishing you all of the grace abundance, love, and expansion in 2023. May yours be healthy, happy, and holy. And I am always here at imsimran.com and 1111mag.com. Should you need anything, the archives will remain up, and the archives of 1111 Magazine will also always remain up for your availability as I move into my next experience of living, being, and knowing. Thank you again, Deborah Brovet. Check her out at dreamvision7radio.com and always check out all of the beautiful shows at Voice America Network. They are an incredible team and have beautifully stewarded 1111 Talk Radio for the past 15 years. I'm deeply grateful to my engineer, Matt, and all of the team at Voice America. Until next time, in love, of love, with love, and as love, I am Simran. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.